Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, it's time for you to get locked in because it's game day for Notre Dame football. This is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame took care of business, defeating Iowa State 33-9 in the Camping World Bowl. The Irish finished the season with six straight wins after the debacle at Michigan. Notre Dame finishes 2019 11-2, have now amassed a record of 33-6 and over the last three seasons. Welcome to the season finale and season recap show of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined as always by Kevin Downey. Today we're looking back at the 2019 season. We're looking ahead to 2020. And Kevin, when you look back at the Camping World Bowl last Saturday, what was your your biggest tech takeaway with Notre Dame's performance. I was just impressed with how uh, dominant they were and how much they um, really negated the strengths that I thought Iowa State had going in. I, I think, you know, it's a good sign. Um, just that Ian Book can make plays, and then the defense, they really come to play every week. I think my biggest takeaway is, man, they're going to miss Chase Claypool. <laughs> There's a lot of guys to be missed. And, but... and now they're going to miss Cole Komet, who announced on Thursday that yep. he's going to go to the NFL. And that's a lot of weapons. And that kind of made me start thinking about the first couple games of the season when guys were injured, yeah. not 100%. And you always, started, you always said, well, there's only so much Book can do with without the weapons around him. Yep. And, well... He ain't going to have as many weapons around him next year. So that's kind of the thing that stood out to me. All right. On tap on this morning's show, we have a number of poll questions we ask fans, including will Notre Dame win a national title in the next five years? We'll break that question down later in the show, along with our very early thoughts on Notre Dame's record in 2020. We will also go through and give out our team awards, such as the most improved player, give out grades for every position, the coaches and the team as a whole. Kevin gave one grade out that I thought was absolutely absurd, so I will call out on that next segment. He's looking at me like, what did I do? <laughs> you will find out, Kevin, when the when everyone listening uh, finds out as well. And how did Tommy Reese do as a play caller in the Camping World Bowl? Will he get the offensive coordinator job? What else could happen with the assistant coaches? But we're going to begin uh, with the guys that are returning, the guys that are leaving, and the guys that are arriving at Notre Dame. And uh, let's start with the biggest two items. Ian Book is back for 2020, and Cole Komet is off to the NFL. Um, we kind of talked about this in the show last week. Would both leave? Would both come back? Would only Are they one a package deal? Yeah. And we said if only one of the two could come back, they needed it to be book, and that's what happened. But Komet's going to be sorely missed. Yeah, Komet had just a great year. I think one of the neat things for me in looking back over the last two years is is the growth. Um, and again, as the players improved during the year, but if you look at Komet, um, he really had a great year. Obviously. You know, we knew uh, Claypool was kind of destined to uh, have a big year, and he lived up to that. But again, I think how exciting for uh, next year with Ian Book, this has to be one of the best returning quarterbacks that we've had going in with lots of experience going into a season for next year. The thing that stands out in my mind, though, the last time Notre Dame lost this much uh, skill position players was after the 2015 season. Deshaun Kaiser came back, and they went four and eight. Now I'm not saying they're going four and eight because 
those problems were a lot to do with the defense, right? I yeah. mean, it was it was Van Gorder's defense that was the problem uh, that season. But it's not Kaiser was a better quarterback in 2015 than he was in 2016, and a lot of that had to do with Will Fuller was gone, right? Yeah. And so those things make a difference, and I think the combination of losing both Claypool and Komet is going to be devastating for this team because those were two exceptional players, and Komet had not risen to that level Mm -hmm. yet. He was getting very good, but he wasn't elite yet, and I think he was going to be elite next season, and that was going to make Notre Dame a a national championship contender with Cole Komet and Ian Book being able to throw to him. If Ian Book wanted to throw to him sometimes, or if other teams say, eh, we're not going to let you throw to him. Well, that means all the other guys are open, and that's going to make the job a lot easier for those guys. Well, and they were too, uh, yeah, would have been... (laughs) threats but I, you know Ian Book again I think he's really coming into his own and um, I mean look at how much he he helped out the running game so maybe where the team lacks he, he can step up now it's a lot to put on one person but um, I think he has the talent and the experience uh, and I think uh, you know next year is going to be a good year for him all right as for Komet um, for those you know, that followed the show wondering, hey, I thought he said he was coming back. <laughs> let's let's play back what Cole Komet said to me when I asked him back in November about wh- what he was thinking for uh, 2020. Cole, have you, have you thought about your future at all? I know you, want, you said you wanted to play mm-hmm. baseball this year, coming up, yeah. but obviously you're having a great year. Have you thought about, do I want to go to the NFL draft? Mm-hmm. Or do you- no, I mean, I plan on coming back and playing baseball in the spring and then, you know, being here for my senior season. Okay, so mm-hmm. you've already kind of made that decision. Yeah, it's, that's my plan right now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could that change in any way? Is there anything that could happen in these? Yeah, no, I don't really see that changing right now, so no. Okay, he said, I plan on, I plan on, I plan on right now. Now, he did say I don't see that changing, but he ended up receiving a second-round grade, mm-hmm. um, and then Penn State's tight end decided he's coming back to Penn State. That makes Komet the projected number one tight end off the board. That means he could go in the first round. And first round money. First, Well, yeah, and people are like, oh, he should get his degree. Look, he can come back and get his degree. Mm-hmm. You're talking about there's a first round money is a lot of money. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars. You, you're Especially with a guy who has injury history. Yeah. The broken collarbone the start of the year. He, he, he hurt his ankle last year, was out a good point portion of last year i'm not saying he has a jalen smith injury next year that completely derails him Mm -hmm. but he has an injury that knocks him out for three games that could knock him to the second or third round next year because he he's being deemed injury prone right yeah so these are all factors that i think he was deciding and as ian book decided pretty quickly announced early in the week he was coming back as the week was going I, i i started going in my head I think he's leaving because he's now considering it at the very least. Because yeah. if he was coming back, he would have announced it already because he had already made that decision. So, But I don't blame him at all for his decision to leave. I think it makes a lot of sense. No, well, as a fan, you know, you'd want him to be back just because it would make Notre Dame really good. But for him, again, with those injury uh, things that he's overcome and just a window of opportunity, right? So he at the end, he wants to, uh, he wants to be able to play – Professional football. Can't fault a guy on that. I think his quote was very good in his uh, goodbye tweet. He said, uh, you know, I'm ready for the NFL. 
I'm not sure I'm ready to leave Notre Dame. Yeah. And, and I think that's very true. Um, I think he wanted to come back. He, his brother Casey's on the baseball team is going to be a freshman. They were going to be able to play, play together. together. Yeah. You know, he, he wanted to make that happen. He wanted to see if baseball was his future, right? Mm-hmm. Double check like Jeff Samarja did that it turned out to be baseball or like Pat Connaughton turned out to be basketball. Mm-hmm. He wanted to check those off, but you can't leave that money on the table. And I understand that now. Now, he had reasons to come back. A potential to win a national title or get to the championship game at the very least potential to make yourself a top 10 pick next year if you have an awesome season mm-hmm. but I just don't I think when he looked at it I think the there are too many risks um over the reward and I think that's what it came down to yeah and I think the timing just worked out for him all right uh other guys that have decided to leave early uh Tony Jones a running back and, and safety Alohi Gilman Gilman was obvious um, I don't think anyone ex- expected him to return. Um, him, to su- if he decided to return, would have been a bigger surprise than Ian Book leaving or Cole Komet returning or leaving. You know what I mean? I think Gilman was the most obvious that he was going to go. I mean, he left Navy to come to Notre Dame because he wanted to go to the NFL. Yeah, and he gets a chance to go to the NFL. I guess just, you know, selfishly, I really liked watching him. Oh, yeah, yeah. His energy. And I, I guess just kind of big picture like i thought or hoped that he would uh return because of maybe like the the drew tranquil factor that he he is as good as he's gonna get um and he's a great emotional player you know i i don't know i mean does it right. help her to stock i don't know so yeah, his stock wasn't <laughs> going to improve by coming back next yeah. year it's just whether or not he wanted to to be here longer versus like you said, Drew Tranquil made that decision. Yeah. Manti Teo made that decision when he when when he decided to come back. He wanted to come back because he wanted to enjoy the experience one more time. Yeah. Um so it works out um, but guys gotta make their own decisions on these things. Uh Gilman was, and Jones both do have their degrees mm-hmm. as opposed to Komet who left early. So um they just left a, a year of eligibility on the table. That's the difference. Well and I th- I was I guess the Tony Jones, I was a little bit more of a head scratcher for me. I think his stock could have only improved with well, a better year. I agree. <laughs> like, I agree. I, I didn't get way. that one. <laughs> okay, but here's the counter to that. Jafar Armstrong tore his abdominal muscle. Yes. He was never healthy this year, I I assume, because he was True. he was pretty good last year. Hmm. And he wasn't he was he didn't do anything. Physically, yeah, he, he just yeah. wasn't ready. Um, I think Tim O'Malley said it best. If we tore, if you or I tore our Donald Mustard, we'd barely be able to get to the mailbox. Yep. Um, and he was trying to play college football. So he's going to be back next year. Sebo Flemister is going to be uh, rising. Which he did really and, well. Yeah. And then you have the arrival of a five-star running back in Chris Tyree, who probably plays from day one. Now I don't he's know if explosive. he's I don't know if he's going to start from day one. That's yeah. not what I mean. But he's going to see time. So I think it's possible Tony Jones would play less next year than he did this year based on all those things. That had to be what he was thinking. Uh, but well, I don't. So that's <laughs> I, ju- I just almost worry for him. Yeah. Like if you go yeah, undrafted and I agree. You know, but but here's you get the thing. A chance. But running backs only have a certain shelf shelf life in the NFL. Yeah, they, they're only. The average running back's only around a couple of years because you're beat up so much. So he's mm-hmm. got to make the money when he can. Now, he might not even make it on an NFL roster. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to get drafted. He might not make it on an NFL roster. But the XFL is there. And the yeah, XFL true. may not be there next year. True. So even if it's only $125,000, that's a lot of that's money. That's a lot of money. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of money. 
So, um, and he's got his degree. It's not like he decided to leave early and didn't get his degree. So yeah. I, I wasn't surprised by Tony Jones either. Um, starters out of eligibility, Chase Claypool, Chris Fink, Trevor Rulin, Julian Aquara, Jameer Jones, Khalid Kareem, Asmar Bilal, Troy Pride, Dante Vaughn, and Jalen Elliott. Other returning players, uh, defensive ends, Adi Ogundeje and Dalen Hayes. Offensive lineman Robert Hainsey, Tommy Kramer, and Liam Eichenberg. And cornerback Sean Crawford is expected to return for a sixth year, yeah. uh, assuming that the NCAA gives him the medical retro. If if you ever have the, the if they put in a definition of why there should be a medical six year, six year, it's it's Sean Crawford. So one would expect him to come back. I think when you look at that, you got Ogundeji and Hayes as you're starting defensive ends, and now you're returning every offensive lineman next year. In fact, you're mm-hmm. technically returning six offensive linemen who were starters for at least half a season. So with when you throw in the fact that Josh Lugg, I guess, may not be a I don't even know who's out of the mix out of the six. Yeah. But So the offensive line should be drastically improved, and then, you, then your defensive line should be still pretty good despite losing uh, potential first-rounders in Kareem and Aquara. Well, and that's what happens year to year as, you know, the young guys get in, they get experience, they're going to get better. Um, and then, you know, you bring in the recruiting. It's a, it's an always uh, changing cycle of players, honestly. And, like, you know, the injuries to the O-linemen that was so horrible this year actually gave way to, to people getting experience and getting in. And I think it does, I guess, big picture just looking at it, they've done a great job of building depth at – Offensive line, defensive line, and I'm even going to throw tight end in there because well, sure, I, I think they had get good quality at tight end as well. So the names may change, um, but at least on their current trajectory of the last three years, I mean, it, it looks really good. I don't know the last time Notre Dame has, ha, hasn't been okay at tight end or offensive yeah. line. Now, the offensive line has struggled at times mm-hmm. we saw that this year a game we, you or know, two or, yeah and yeah. you're like what's going on and sometimes they didn't maximize uh, their talent mm-hmm. um and th- that we totally understand and those are the head-scratching moments you're like why is that happening but to your point defensive line wow. has turned into a strength and now it's been a strength now the question is will it continue to be i think with Hayes and Ogan J. And you throw in Foskey, who's the freshman that didn't play that much because they only used the four games. And mm. he he played against Stanford and played pretty good. Yeah. So he's another mix. And you, you got some guys in there that, that can make an impact uh, next year. And then, you know, your middle, your interior defensive line with Heinish and uh, MTA are, are both coming back. So I think the defensive line continues to be a strength, even with losing in three years, you lost Tillery, yep. you lost Kareem and Aquara, and it's still a strength. That's that's huge for Notre Dame. Well, and part of that Kelly reboot too was yes. to to get lots of players playing, and that that's really helped them develop a lot of depth. Okay. Uh, also, potential transfer would be wide receiver Javon McKinley. We're starting to see uh, whether or not um, he's going to come back. Notre Dame's kind of going over the limit right now in scholarship. Yeah. So he might be one of those guys that doesn't uh, get invited back. Uh, potential starters uh, arriving via transfer. Um, safety Isaiah Pryor from Ohio State. And wide receiver uh, Bennett. Scor- I knew I was going to blow this one. Skoronek from Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... Skoronek is a huge addition for 
for Notre Dame. Um, he had 12 catches, 141 yards in the first three games of the uh, of the season before he needed ankle surgery. So then he missed the rest of the year. That's why he has a fifth year that he decided to come to Notre Dame. Uh, he's got 110 catches, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns in uh, his career at Northwestern. Um, he's big. He's like 6'4". Yeah. Yep. So he could – I'm not saying he is Chase Claypool, but he could be that – could fill in that role. He could fill in that role. So that's that's a big addition for them uh, he- heading into next year. And then Pryor, uh, this is a guy Notre Dame really wanted mm-hmm. um, when he was coming out. He he was at Ohio State. Just it wasn't getting the playing time he wanted and decided to transfer. Um, he's supposed to be really good. And you put him back there with Kyle Hamilton. Again, you're reloading at safety then, yeah. uh, replacing Gilman and Elliott. That, that doesn't feel like a huge drop-off if those guys play especially the way we expect Kyle Hamilton to yeah. play next year. Well, and I think, I mean, Ohio State is has a ton of talent. Um, yeah. So he's used to playing at a really high level. I think it could be a great fit. All right. And then you, you look at uh, the potential impact players arriving as freshmen. We mentioned Chris Tyree. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Mayer is a tight end. He could be playing from day one a tight end. But then you also have, um, you know, you have guys that are there already uh, that, that could potentially uh, fill the void. Uh, Tommy Tremble uh, right now is the leading returning receiver for Notre Dame at 16 catches, 183 yards, and four touchdowns. So, uh, uh, well, he's good too, and I, he's I do one like of those him. younger guys that he has a spark to him, and I, he's super athletic. The um, problem with him is he's not the blocker that Cole Komet is. So which that's the time in the that, weight room is going to help him yeah. greatly. And then you have Brock Wright, who is the blocker, but yep. is not the pass catcher. So it's the mixing and matching at tight end. But I think overall they should be pretty good uh, in those ways. Overall, the offense will return seven starters, the entire offensive line, Ian Book and Braden Lindsay, who we haven't talked Another about. Another speedster. I mean, he's full <laughs> year next year i'm feeling pretty good about that kid yeah no i mean he's he's an explosive player and again you can't teach uh speed <laughs> that guy has it and then uh kevin austin should be outstanding at wide receiver as long as he's got his act in order and can come back next year he uh he, he was suspended the full season uh this year for reasons that the university uh, never really uh delved into so you could probably figure that one out on your own so um and then on defense only five true starters back mm-hmm. but you know Hayes and Ogundeji are kind of starters, and I think you kind of have to count Hamilton almost as a returning starter. So really, Definitely. You, you got like you got the whole defensive line, mm-hmm. um, and, and you got the safeties kind of in pretty good position. I think the corners is probably the spot you're kind of worried about a little bit. Yeah, I'd say uh, corners, and honestly, just uh, two corners, right? For the past yeah. couple of years, they, they've had an outstanding corner, and then on the other side, they've had people who have had to uh, get a lot of help from the safeties. All right. Well, we've been talking for a while here, and we have not gotten into the uh, the next major topic, which is uh, Tommy Reese and the play calling. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get into that one after a quick timeout. Uh, we want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tyrac underrate our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are receiving co- great college level internship experience, thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great prices. Visit Tyrac. We'll look at the offensive coordinator situation, Tommy Reese's play calling, plus give out our grades, look ahead to 2020, all that and more coming up on the season recap show of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays.
We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend is a great place to grab a drink, eat a great dinner, or listen to live music. A locally owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family friendly. They have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and they want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Just mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server, and you'll get 10% off your bill. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. I know my wife and I are planning on being there for some great live music with family Furlick coming up on uh, Saturday night. So uh, if you're able to get out there, come say hello. Um, all right. Uh, let, we've talked about the guys that are leaving and going mm-hmm. and everything as players, Kevin. Uh, but let's turn now to the coaching staff because that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, there's and, some change o- turnover. Yeah, and we, we found out uh, on uh, Thursday that cornerbacks coach Todd Light won't return. Former Irish All-American, five seasons as an and the assistant, uh, you know, his family's still in California this mm. whole time. Has it, to be a huge reason. Yeah, and uh, his son playing in high school already. Uh, so this is understandable that that wasn't a situation that was going to last uh, for, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and five years is a long time for that to happen. Uh, but this is a chance to kind of upgrade in recruiting. He was considered the weakest link. Uh, of the recruiters on the staff, which seems crazy in my head. Does. He was you, the best player. <laughs> yeah, you think that, most relatable, but you think uh, that the guy that would be, be best to say, "Here's why you should come to Notre Dame," would be a guy that was an All-American at Notre Dame. But you never know how that works out sometimes. And maybe that's because he was trying to get back to see his family. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's a possibility. Uh, and of course, quarterbacks coach Tommy Reese called the plays in the Camping World Bowl. Um, I asked on Twitter if people thought he should get the offensive coordinator job and play calling duties full time moving forward. More than 500 votes, 55% of people said yes. I was actually surprised by that number. I'm not saying I uh, uh, disagree with it. I'm just surprised. I thought there was more haters than not in the Reese should be the full-time offense coordinator. Uh, But where do you stand on this? Do you think think he he did a good job in the game? I think, um, you know, there's a familiarity there. I I think he's really good with the uh, having the experience and be able to obviously talk to the quarterback who – makes it all happen um and he can work well with kelly for me i would just be interested to know who else they can interview um because he is young and that's not necessarily a knock could be good or bad i mean i was a young coach at one time too um so yeah i don't it just i think it depends on who else they can piece together Eric Olson wrote, next year could be a loaded team with big matchups. I prefer experienced OC instead of someone learning. I think that's kind of what you're saying, right, Kevin? It's like, who else is out there? Is there someone that's already done this? Uh, Joseph wrote, no, one game is no sample size. I love Tommy, but I don't think he's an OC right now. Uh, Here's my counter to that. So when when do you think he will be an OC? You want him to leave to come back? Then you run the risk of, and I'm not saying he's going to be Urban Meyer, but you know, you don't promote from within. You run the risk of a guy leaving and then never returning True. because he outpaces you every step of the way. So you got a good, young, dynamic internal candidate that has handled 
his quarterback's room in an exceptional way. Mm-hmm. People are like, whoa, 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 Ian Book. Hey, let's remember what he did last year yeah. when Brandon Wimbush, Brandon Wimbush, who we said we give a lot of credit to Wimbush for not turning that into a cancerous environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a lot to do with Wimbush. But that had a lot to do with Tommy Reese keeping those guys together. And, you know, they all like each other, and that's important. That's a good relationship. That's the relationship Chip Long did not obviously provide with with players and coaches on his staff because one of the reasons he's gone is because he wasn't getting along with anyone. Well, obviously, Reese is getting along. Yeah. So who are you going to bring in? Now, can you get a more experienced play caller? Yes. Yes, I agree. You can. But what what position is that guy going to coach? That guy most likely is a quarterback's coach. More times than not, they are. True. Um, so that's that's one of the issues. Uh, the Sports Geek wrote, nice Twitter handle, <laughs> makes sense, knows the system, the school, the media, the blogger. He's going to age where uh, he's getting into an age where his coaching network will continue to bloom. He's a buy low, hold stock that I still like as a long-term coordinator, not looking to jump at the first big payday. Yeah, he wants to be at Notre Dame. That yeah. doesn't mean he's leaving, but... Here's here's the thing. If you don't do it now, are you willing to do it in three years if he was co-offense coordinator? Or are you going to be like, well, he still hasn't called many games? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, he's just... You ever going to break the Band-Aid on that? <laughs> I just think it's early for him. Okay, Barry. Uh, we also had uh, Kali wrote, uh, Coach's son, former ND quarterback. Only thing that held him back was arm strength, but he made up for it with a great football mind. He gets what it means to be Notre Dame. It also sounds like he relates with his players. I think he's a great choice. Here's where I would say it's an excellent choice. Harry Heastan fired by the Bears. The Bears showed why they're the Bears right now. <laughs> what a terrible decision that was. Harry Heastan, former uh, Notre Dame offensive line coach. Uh, he's the one responsible for Zach Martin, Nick Martin, Ronnie Stanley, Quentin Nelson, Mike McGlinchey. I mean, great, great guys. Um, well, from the outside looking in, I mean, he's awesome. And it, it, you don't know how he left or what the dynamics were. But well, he got a job wow. in the NFL. Wow. I mean, I mean, he's good to have this opportunity. I think that's that could be a blessing for sure. And here's the thing. His family still lives in South Bend. Mm. His daughter is a junior on the St. Joe soccer and basketball teams. Mm. So they haven't left. Uh, you know, I've seen Harry at St. Joe girls games a couple times already this year yeah. when he's come back, uh, you know, on off days. So um, his family's still here now. So the question becomes, do you do you get Harry? He stand back as and your offensive figure line? It out. Well, you can. <laughs> You can move Jeff Quinn to tight ends. Yeah. He's done that position before. And Which then is you, what Chip Long did, so you right. have a void there. Well, that's the position right now that you have the void in. Yep. And, and you can make Reese the full-time OC. I'm okay with Reese as the full-time OC if Harry Heastand is your back offensive line it. coach, Taylor's your running backs coach, and then you know Quinn's at tight ends. I, I like that group. that And that doesn't mean he stand and uh, Quinn and Taylor can't also help out. And, oh, by the way, you do have a really experienced play caller in that head coach. I know people are like, I don't like Brian <laughs> Kelly as the play caller. But he has the experience. For and, sure. And, and it's going to be his offense. You know, the whole structure, yeah, everything. It's going to run through him. Here's the one thing I liked. And people thought, Reese, and, and i like to get your thought on this. People are like, well, Reese is just going to be a Kelly clone. Um, because he's he was his quarterback, yeah. and Broke and that's it. the thing. For better or for worse, and those first two series were very interesting play calling by Tommy. Um, they weren't 
Brian Kelly play calls. I mean, third and nine, we're going to run the ball is the last thing you would have ever seen from Brian Kelly. <laughs> I'm not saying that was a good choice, but at the very least, it was different. It, it I saw, you saw that he's his own person as a play caller, yeah. and that's a good thing. Well, and they had some two back where they had uh, Tommy Tremble as fullback. So, yeah, it's different. I mean, I don't think that, I think they're in a win-win situation. I think he, if, if, you know, he gets the chance, then I think he'll do well. But if you could also pull in a, an outside uh, guy that would work well with it and you keep Tommy and uh, you got Ian Book coming back, all the line. I mean, you have talent around him, so it's going to be good. Yeah, the, the thing with the outside, I don't have a problem also if they went and found somebody else from the outside and brought them in. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the, guy, the person's got to be able to coach um, tight ends. I mean, I, you're not yeah. kicking – you're not going to kick Reese out. No. That would be nuts. No. So he, he's got to be able to coach tight ends or coach the offensive line, and then you move. But, again, I would take, if I had my choice, my number one choice of anything, Harry Heastan, and then figure every, and yes. everything else evolves around that. I agree with um, you. That's the biggest piece for, for Notre Dame, in my opinion. Um, I love that guy as a coach. Um, our title, by the way, he's hard on his players, and they love it. So I don't know. He's a little different than Chip Long. By the way, one of the reasons I heard he left was Chip Long. Yeah, so could that could be another reason maybe he he's willing to come back. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? All right. Uh, let's turn now to our awards for the season. We ran a poll and asked, we, I didn't want to ask who is your defensive MVP. Mm-hmm. I kind of tried to, because that I thought was impossible. Um, a lot of good players. Yeah. So I said, what was the player that made the most impact on the success of the Notre Dame defense in 2019? Uh, the candidates were Aloe Gilman, Khalid Kareem, Jeremiah Owusu kermoa and Drew White. Actually had a tie between Gilman and uh, Owusu Kormoa. And I think what people are thinking there is uh, Gilman certainly was one of the best players. Mm -hmm. um, But Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa provided such a relief that you didn't anticipate after losing Drew Tranquil (laughs) and, and, uh, you know, Asmar Ball moving over and Tavon Coney that he was far exceeded everything everyone thought that he made a huge impact because if he was just so-so, the defense wouldn't have been as good. So I, I can understand that line of thought. What did you go with, Kevin? I'd say a Lowy Gilman. So I think just the emotional uh, leadership. And there were times where he played better his first year than this year. Um, but just the overall kind of leadership energy that he brought, I think that that helped define their personality as a defense. I, I went with Khalid Kareem. Um, he impacted games. Yeah, and here's the thing. There were a lot of injuries on the defensive line. They have a lot of depth. I understand that. But the reason the linebackers were able to come into their own, the reason why the safeties were able to protect the corners is because the defensive line was a force to be reckoned with Mm -hmm. and you had to worry about. And I think that started with Kareem and Aquara, but Aquara was hurt, uh, you know, missed a lot of the year and also didn't play that well for his Uh, his standard uh, throughout. So I think Kareem, to me, end up having the most impact. If you took him out of the equation, I don't think Notre Dame's defense would have been uh, 
anywhere near as good this season. Um, most improved player on offense. What do you got? Uh, Chase Claypool. I mean, he. I think he had a heck of a jump from last year to this year. I just thought that he performed outstanding. I mean, he was the go-to guy, and everybody knew it, and he made huge plays. I routinely. I I almost went with Claypool. I originally wrote him down, um, and I was in the Until same. Until you saw my answer. Uh, no, I. <laughs> yes, I saw your answer. I'm like, ah, I didn't think he would go with Claypool, so I I decided to change it. But my point is, once I changed it, I actually really liked my choice. Mm. Because I went with Jonathan Dorr. Now, is he an offensive player? I, probably not. I don't know if you... He's a specialist, He was the right? leading scorer. I right. did notice that but, a bunch. But, I mean, the offense succeeds because Jonathan Dorr was way better than anyone thought he was going to be. Anticipated, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, mean, I mean, he was just as good as... If not better than Justin Yoon was last year. Yes. And who <laughs> thought that happening when the guy couldn't even get a kickoff into the end zone last year or at least not make it high enough to avoid it being returned for a touchdown and missing extra points. I mean, that was impressive. That's a sneaky, impressive uh, performance, honestly. Yeah, so uh, I kind of snuck that one in there. It's kind of like when you cheated last year and gave Alohi (laughs) Gilman the rookie of the year when he was, you know, like the the, the Ichiro of – of, of Notre Dame, that he had been a starter <laughs> elsewhere, and you called him a Notre Dame rookie. Um, all right, most improved defensive player. All right, this this one was really tough for me, but I think I think it's uh, Drew White, the middle linebacker. He, you know, played, what, in like one game? Yes. Just special teams. He, um, and it was hard on me because as I watched him, it, I was hard on him. He was the, you know, leading tackler, tied for leading tackler, but, man, if he could close and um, just wrap up a little bit more, if he f- works on his actual finishing the tackling, he could be really good. And he even seemed to improve throughout a game. Like the first quarter, maybe it was nerves, energy, whatever. He could run by a couple tackles. But um, he got better and better and better. Now, man, it, it's just tough because I do think that that's one area, that whole linebacker level, where they can improve with um, better athletes. But – yeah, obviously, he knows the system and he can communicate. Yeah, uh, I went with Jeremiah Usukomoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's why I thought he m- could have. E- I understood why people picked him as yep. the most impactful player in the defense. I think we talked about him. He was he was fantastic. And I don't know. We talked about at one point in the show moving him from Rover to Buck, and maybe Paul Moala gets in there. Yeah, I don't know if you want to mess with moving uh, Usukomoa from that Rover position. I mean. And now we said the same thing about Tranquil. True. I don't know if you wanted to mess with that, and it worked out. So uh, that will be interesting. Uh, rookie of the year, I think this one was uh, pretty blatantly obvious. Yeah, Kyle Hamilton for sure. 14 is really good. <laughs> I, I tried to cheat. I was originally going to put Door here, and then I'm like, no, I gave Kevin too much uh, – too much crap last year. Can you say crap on Catholic, <laughs> Catholic Radio? Catholic um, I may get in trouble. Too much poop. Um, I, I, I gave you too much of that last year for picking Gilman. I'm like, well, Dor's yeah. been around. He's going to be a senior <laughs> next year. You can't really do that. Uh, assistant coach of the year. I think Clark Lee for yeah. sure. Now, are you giving it to him as defense coordinator or as linebackers coach? Defense coordinator. Okay, I'm giving it to him as linebackers coach. Wow. Because, I mean, what he did with those linebackers is amazing. That's true. They they lacked um, some talent in some areas for sure. All right, uh, let's now move ahead to our uh, grades by position. Uh, last year, Kevin gave quarterback A minus. I gave the quarterback an A minus, and this year, Kevin, what are you going with? A minus. All right, I'm going with B plus. I think I think there was enough 
issues during the year. I just don't feel like Book was as good as he was last year for the majority of the season. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying the last five weeks. And that's well, their defining game really as a team was after getting beat down by Michigan, no, they're getting back game. up and, and beating uh, Virginia Tech. No, I'm sorry. Their defining game as a team was Michigan. Get, was Michigan. <laughs> so, and that that's a hint to your you getting yelled at in a few minutes. All right, running backs. Uh, last year you went with B, I went with B. This year, what do you got? Yeah, C minus. I, I really think that they lacked a lot in that area and that I think it hurt them in their their two yeah. losses but all throughout the year it put a lot of pressure on everyone else yeah I'll go with a C and I agree and that could be why books letter grade went down in my mind because he wasn't as good not because of him necessarily but because uh, of what was around him in the pressure wide receivers last year uh, you had a B I went with a B minus this year what do you got I went with a B minus um, so again Claypool is awesome Fink started out a little rough and got better and better, but they still kind of lack that that third consistent person. Which again, looking into this next year, um, those guys are going to have to be out there. I, I went with B plus, um, and maybe I have too much revisionist history of the second half of the season, and that's a possibility. But I thought Komet uh, was was very good this year. Claypool was Fink once he got healthy, and then once they got Braden Lindsay involved. Now again. That, that was halfway through the season before that all oh, yeah. happened. So maybe I'm overvaluing them too much, but that's where I'm going with. Offensive line, uh, you went with B last year. I went with B minus, and we both went with the exact same grades this year. You yeah. got a B and I got a B minus. This area needs to be higher. That needs to be a solid A. It traditionally is an A for Notre Dame. Well, I think it can be. You think it can be an, an A next year? I think it yeah. needs to be. I mean, they're returning, like you said, six six people with experience. They always recruit well in that uh, position group. So, yeah, I think it should be. All right. Uh, we'll pick up the pace here. Uh, <laughs> defensive line. Uh, last year you went with A. Uh, I went with A as well. What do you got this year? A minus. They have a lot of depth. Yeah, I go with A minus two. They, they were really good. They just uh, maybe not as good as they were last year. Maybe that was because of the injuries. Uh, linebackers last year you went with A plus. I went with A. And uh, you went with this year? C plus. I mean, they're, they're average. I think that's the area where they got hurt a lot. Man, I, I went with B plus. And maybe I'm grading this group on a on a curve. Yeah. I don't know. But I, I thought you were a little harsh on that one. But that's not the one I thought you were the harshest <laughs> on. But I say B plus. I think, and I definitely think they have potential to be uh, an A minus or an A next year. Secondary, last year you went with A minus. I went with A minus. Um, what do you got this year? I'd say a B. They were good, but not great, not average. Yeah, I, I went B plus. That second cornerback was always a little bit of a concern oh, in general. Yeah. I mean, Crawford, I think, was probably the best cornerback. Um, I th Pride was good. Better but, than the year before, but, but they not, don't have two, and they, they for sure didn't yeah. have a, a third one yeah. for nickel. Like, and, then uh, when, when, and then, yeah, and then when Crawford was out, they were in trouble. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I, I went with B plus, but um, and that's mainly because of the safeties, probably. Uh, special teams. Last year you went with an A. I went with a B. What do you got this year? B. They were good. I think the impressive thing were the the specialists that yeah. came back and we didn't miss a beat. I didn't anticipate that. I say B plus um, for mainly that reason. Coaching A for Kevin last year. I went with A minus. This year you go with A minus. They lost to Michigan <laughs> by a thousand. <laughs> 
This is the one that I That was a believe. painful one. This is the one you've been waiting for? Yeah, I went with a B minus. You can't lose to Michigan by a thousand. They fired their offensive coordinator. I, mean, yeah. I can't I can't agree with you. I went with B minus. They can't they can't now if you said second half grade, I'd give them an A. Okay. But I mean first Big half, picture looking back, they won a lot of games. Yeah. They didn't well, they only they didn't win. They only lost two. Yeah. Well one really bad. One really bad. That was felt like three losses. Uh, overall grade for the year last year, you said A, I said A minus. What do you got this year? A minus. All right, I go with B. I think you gotta, I think you gotta make the playoff to to get an A grade. Um, so I guess I leave eleven and one to be your B plus grade. Uh, it's kind of, <laughs> I almost have like a a situation where where that comes into play. All right, our next high school basketball broadcast is the Holy War on the hardwood girls edition as the Saint Joe girls basketball team hosts Marion on Tuesday. Tip off around seven thirty. So. Join us January 7th for the St. Joe and Marion and girls basketball here on Redeemer Radio. The boys game will be on January 14th. We'll take a timeout, be back, and we're going to look ahead to 2020. We'll look at next year's schedule. We'll look at the potential. Could Notre Dame win a national championship in the next five years? Some interesting fan reaction to that as well. And we'll look at our strengths and weaknesses heading into 2020. That's all when the season recap show of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns right after this. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed. It's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today, coming up right after us. Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Angela Carlo, Kevin Downey with you here on the season recap show for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our season finale as well. Uh, looking back at the Irish season, we've done that a whole lot. Now we're going to look ahead to the future of the program. Uh, you know, two days before the Camping World Bowl, Brian Kelly was asked what he sees and visions for the program moving forward. He had a very interesting answer. We'll let you hear the whole thing right now. The most important thing is to add to a talented offensive staff uh, and and rise everybody okay right so that's that's the first thing um, you know that will be job number one and, and and then job two will be continue to recruit uh, we, we've got an outstanding class um, that we're building on um, we want to continue to to work on that and we have some things in the work that that we want to establish from a recruiting standpoint that changes our um, I think view as it relates to national recruiting. Uh, we want to break out of the, the 15th ranked or the 10th ranked and we want to get into that next echelon and so philosophically we have to, we have to do some things to get to that level. Um, those are two of the most important things for me um, is to elevate our offensive staff uh, with that person that will <clears throat> complement Mm-hmm. And then secondly, uh, break through that recruiting threshold uh, that I publicly talked about that we couldn't, but we need to. Okay. Um, and, and I think we have some things that, that, um, um, that we're going to um, implement 
that will allow us to you do see that. that as possible. I like, do. I do now. Top five. I'm sorry. You can be like a top five. I do now. I, I've changed. I've changed. Well, we're going to change the way we do some things that I think will allow us to do that. Interesting. Your thoughts? Well, I I think you know he's right about the offensive staff. It's interesting to hear him say elevate an already talented group. And then for recruiting, um, success breeds success. These last three years have been good. They're gonna. We've seen the depth in kind of the no-brainer positions as far as the kind of kid that uh, Notre Dame can get with offensive line, tight end, uh, defensive line's a huge improvement from yes. what it was years ago. Um, but he's that talk- next level, though, I mean... He's talking about a systematic like a, change of some kind. That's a Clemson-type level where yeah. you're there so much. And- so I don't know if he's saying the university is going to start allowing them to to get kids in that they previously weren't allowing. Or do they, because that's really that's the difference right now, in my opinion. Well, and maybe you'll have a different focus on like the five star, you know, four star. Yeah, but uh, that, those know. are harder to get. There's just not as many of them that True. are going to fit your academic standards at Notre Dame. It's just you're, you're drawing from a smaller pool. It's just in general. And and it's already a small enough pool of five stars. Well, with the so the five star thing again, if you look at Kyle Hamilton, his his oh, impact, yeah. you know, he was the big, he was the highest rated one. And typically, I I kind of cringe when you get to all the, uh, you know, rating of the high school kids because you never really know how it's gonna translate. You don't know who they play against, the level, all that. But then, um, you know, I think. <sighs> I think it's just going to come down to maybe a different in process. So for a while, it was kind of his mantra that we'll get three star guys and make them four star guys. Yeah. And well, now they're trying to get those four and five star guys. Yeah, but it's how they're going to. How are they getting that? And I know they're they've been talking about getting a private plane that's specifically for football that yeah. the assistant coaches can um, be able to get in and out. And that's not to be like flashy or anything. It's just logistics. Yeah, when you're a national, you're recruiting nationally. International. Do they have the right? Yes. Uh, <laughs> That, that you can get in and out and, and make that happen and be able to get the work done. All right. Um, so with that said, uh, we asked a poll question. We had um, over 800 votes in this one. Um, will Notre Dame win a national championship in the next five years? Last year, 67% said no. 33% said yes. This year, 59% said no. 41% yes. So the positive I would say in that is that Fans are starting to see it a little bit more. That's an 8% increase. Now, that doesn't mean people think they're going to... Obviously, yeah. it's pretty substantial. Six out of 10 are saying, no, they're not going to win. But I think that's an interesting one. Do you think they will win a national uh, championship in the next five will. years? Will. I think they can. I think their best chance is going to be with uh, with Ian Book in the foreseeable future. I don't know who they're going to recruit and how it plays out. So yeah, if it was going to happen, I would think next year with that experienced quarterback's their best shot. I honestly don't think next year will be. I think it's what Brian Kelly's talking about, bringing these four or five-star guys. Yeah. So they got some quarterbacks down the road here, and I'm not talking about Djokovic. I'm talking about after that. Mm-hmm. Drew Pine coming in, Buckner coming in after that. They've got some quarterbacks down the road that could be the answer, especially when you know Chris Tyree is yeah. a junior or senior. So maybe that's it. Maybe next year is the breakthrough, get back to the playoff and make this more consistent 
we're a playoff team. That'd be great. And then and go from there. All right. Irish fan 614 said, yes, this 2020 class and 2021 classes are going to be a big reason. Two five-star kids in 2020 and 2021 is currently number one. Drew Pine looked good in the Under Armour Bowl Thursday. Future is bright. Yep, we're on the same pitch. Dustin wrote, they've shown consistently... They vastly underperform against top five competition. You can't say he's wrong about that. Added to not being in a conference championship game means closest they get is an invite to the dance and then thoroughly handled, which is Brian Kelly's track record. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't. That's where it's been. So you kind of have to you kind of have to. uh, Randy Joseph wrote, honestly, probably not. But the program is leaps and bounds better than it was 10 years ago. I think that's kind of where you are, right? It's like the, um, I don't know if they will do it, but they're definitely way closer now than they've been in a long time. Totally. Uh, Paul Walker, the program is vastly improved. However, I don't know the academic standards at ND will permit you to attract the borderline student athlete at ND to get to that elite level. It's a special place and with some advantages and some disadvantages. Uh, Again, that's kind of what I was thinking is like, okay, so are you getting are you gonna be allowed to let more kids in that that are below the current standard? If so, then that's a possibility. If you're able to figure out the tutoring aspect to make sure that these kids the online classes. Well well that would be an interesting one. I I mean they've mocked it enough, so I don't think that would be the case. But if it's an online class, that could be interesting. Well, and if they're in that academic realm, too, look at uh, Stanford's not having as much success as they had. Uh, Michigan, at least, you know, they're kind of having – they beat a Notre Dame bad, but they had their yeah. own, you know, rough spot at a, goal, at a bowl game. So maybe you can get more of those guys. Maybe that's what he's talking about. All right. Uh, and then Keegan uh, wrote, the Clemson game will show how, how close they will be. Clemson, November 7th, They're next good. year at Notre Dame Stadium with Trevor Lawrence back. Um, yeah. Well, the snowball effect, too, right? They just keep getting better and better and better. They had their best recruiting class this last year. All right, real quick, your weaknesses uh, for 2020. I think it's uh, running back and then, you know, just replacing those wide receiver um, people. I think that'll be a challenge. Yeah, I went with the, the offensive skill positions outside of book. Uh, a play calling chemistry, depending mm-hmm. on what happens, it's going to be something new. That's at least a question mark. And then the cornerbacks, I think, uh, are, are are could be a major liability next year. Your strengths heading into next year: offensive line, defensive line, and then Ian Book. We are identical on that, <laughs> so I think that's pretty obvious. All right, your 2020 schedule: they'll open August 29th versus Navy in Ireland. Uh, September home games versus Arkansas and Western Michigan. They'll play Wake Forest in Charlotte. Then in October, they face Wisconsin at Lambeau Field. That should be awesome. Uh, Stanford at home. Then they're at Pittsburgh. That's the first true road game at Pitt. Now, I get it. Wisconsin is going to be pseudo uh, road game, but there's going to be a lot of Notre Dame tickets. It's actually considered a Notre Dame uh, home game in terms of ticket allotment, but I think it'll be 50-50-ish, but then... There'll still be more Wisconsin fans. It's not going to be a true Wisconsin advantage. Uh, And then home against Duke November, home against Clemson, Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Louisville at home, and then at USC. They only have two true road games next year. That's very interesting. That is. That is. Well, and I think that the big one's going to be that Clemson um, game. Because, again, they're they're kind of at the top, and they've consistently done it. there's other ones that could trip you up. That Wisconsin game is going to be fascinating. Yeah, and uh, here's the thing. They may uh, – the problem with losing the Clemson game is 
that it's so late in the year that it could I, mess up your playoff hopes. Yeah, I don't know if eleven and one Notre Dame with a loss to Clemson can get in. I mean, I guess if it's close, certainly if they get blown out, they're not in. Yeah. Um, but if Wisconsin is really good, the problem is USC and Stanford right now. Because those programs are down. Yeah, they should be good, but... They haven't been, and USC's got the 64th out of 65th recruiting class in power conferences, which I don't know how is physically possible. It's mind-blowing. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. And they got a lame-duck coach. I, I don't know if they're going to be good enough next year. And, and Stanford's in a little bit of a tailspin. Mm-hmm. So there's not enough on this schedule to make up for one loss, in my opinion. So I almost think they might have to be undefeated to make the playoff next year, and that means they have to beat Clemson. Yeah. Which, if they want to win a national championship, they're going to have to, they're going to, have to beat Clemson eventually. Yeah. Um, so that that's certainly going to be tough. Uh, what are you envisioning for your record? Um, I think 11-1, and one, realistically. I think that they're going to be good again, again with Book. But, um, yeah, Clemson's really good. Uh, I'm going with 11-1. and one. They obviously could easily be 10-2. and two. They can easily lose to Clemson, and certainly they could easily lose to Wisconsin at Lambeau. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, uh, All right, Kevin. uh, Thank you, as always. Uh, uh, Fun year overall. Two Mm -hmm. years in the books. Uh, What is your parting words for this season? (laughs) I... Well, it's always more fun when you win. That's what I used to tell my players. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've gotten lucky on this show. We've been talking about winning a whole lot. Twelve and zero and and eleven and two, twelve and one and eleven and two. That's a pretty good combination. Uh, so so it's been a fun year. All right, that'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. We want to thank all our sponsors for making this show possible all season long, led by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Also, big thank you to Tyrac, Fiddler's Hearth, the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture, Venue ND, Elkhart Betting, the St. Vincent DePaul Society, and Catanzarite Financial Services. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian, and to Joe Andert and Ilya Glasman for running the board throughout the season as well. Our general manager is Rick Gonziorek, the operations manager at Redeemer Radio is Doug Jones, and our executive director is Cindy Black. A huge thank you to my partner all season long, Kevin Downey, who did a great job all year as always. Uh, Also, thanks to Alex Wilcox, who filled in a couple times. Thanks most of all to you, the listeners. Without you, we would not be here. For everyone at Redeemer Radio, I'm Angel DiCarlo, thanking you for joining us all season long. We close our show the same way we've done all year with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, May we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Hi, this is Tony Catanzarit for Catanzarit Financial Services. We are proud to bring you this message and invitation from the legendary Lou Holtz. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal. 
and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. What a great message from Lou. When it comes down to it, this is all about family values for us at Catanzary Financial Services, and I bet for you too. If you would like to develop a retirement plan that reflects your family values, visit CatanzaryFinancial.com to register for classes held through IU South Bend or email me directly at Tony at CatanzaryFinancial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC.